it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most horse-powerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm in my car, and I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost. And there's almost no news, but we got a great show for you guys. We got games with gold. We got games with Game Pass. We got games with Luke Lore. So jump on into my car, because you're in for a wild ride on the Xbox Drive. Ball! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, the famous insipid ghost himself. Luke, how are you, my friend? I'm doing quite well, man. It's been a good week. I'm in my last two weeks, I think, because I don't check my email, uh, of summer vacation before I go back to work with the kiddos. The back-to-school sales are happening. I'm, I walk through Walmart and just go... I need to get a new binder, I think. I think I need a new set of pencil crayons. It's amazing what new stationery does. Are you a stationery geek? No, no, oh, I'm not a stationery geek. What? Though I will tell you that in the past few uh, years, I've had to be more more organized to be a better teacher. Mm. And so I have been taking more advantage of the the stationery uh, bits. I got oh, my little, little oh. notebook. You saw, you saw my little notebook at E3, a little, little thing of Barbara with sticky notes and stuff. See? And I didn't use it. You're a closet. You're a closeted stationary geek, man. Um, Luke Lore, can I tell you a quick funny story? As, I, as I'm as i talking on my on my headset here, in my car, of course, the Xbox Drive, uh, I'm reminded of a story that I just heard about uh, somebody very important at work. They were getting in their car and uh, with a colleague, and they're saying, just be cool. I've got to take this super important like conference call. So if you can just like be quiet for the next half an hour, that would be great. So they, they make a big deal about it. The guy jumps on the phone call with a headset, but then his phone connects to his car stereo and starts blasting Adele. So Adele is coming through this teleconference and he couldn't shut it off. And I'm like, man, just when you think you might be having a rough day, just remember, you're not on a super important uh, uh, phone call and Adele blasting through, just telling everybody about how sad you are behind the scenes. Unless you're dealing with some sort of national defense, a very important phone call can always wait, can always wait. Well, it's basically like a meeting. Mm, you're right. You're right. We should. It, it made me think about like how, what, what, what tune should we play here? I was listening to a little No Doubt before we started our call. A little mm-hmm. '90s goodness there, man. Gwen Stefani, we miss you. I've had the the Forza Horizon like songs from the Forza <gasps> Horizon Four soundtrack in my mm-hmm. head, dude. I I don't know the soundtrack. I don't know. It's just music that I find there, and it reminded me of like back in the day when we would play FIFA or sports games because yep. the EA games would always have all these like licensed music and I never knew it and soundtracks from movies or games were how I was introduced to music before the internet and man like this one of the songs from Forza Horizon is just in my head and mm-hmm. I was, uh, some of those songs are just just jam out to them man I man, love it no kidding yeah you end up with like six or seven songs on repeat depending on the channel that you're on and it's just like you, mm-hmm. you start to it starts to become familiar you know so it's I love that man I haven't really thought about music and games in a bit, because, yeah, it's been a while since I've really been into those licensed games, but Forza, good stuff, dude. Yeah, and we've talked about sound design the past few uh, past few weeks when we talked about, uh, like, accessories and peripherals, but music is a powerful, powerful motivator, because I've been listening to, we, we've, it's been a bit of a gear show as, we, as mm-hmm. Xbox is, like, you know, focusing on gears uh, in the lead-up with the tech test and whatnot, but the person that sings the song from the trailer, the, the Kate trailer, Ruel, mm-hmm. My wife and I bought several of her albums in, on trips, and we've just been loving, loving that music. Oh, hi there. Can I please get a medium coffee with two Splenda? Two Splenda only? Yes, please. Right. Sorry about that, Luke. 
You know, I was thinking the other day, we've gotten a little bit away from the coffee bit because I've been on vacation and not doing morning, like getting up in the early morning. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me real sad. It makes I me know. real sad. So I'm at, today I'm appreciative of the coffee and I hope that everybody's enjoying their McDonald's coffee. And if you are, let's get back to the pictures because we used to do that all the time. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I've been on vacay. Yeah. I've been well, on vacay. No, it's all good. It's, it's the whole, that's what I love about it. It's not that I get to interrupt the show with a coffee. And number one, I get to prove that I'm in my car. I'm at McDonald's drive through I want to see those pictures of coffee again, man. Those are the good old days. So let's bring it, let's bring it back. Show us those caffeine pics. It's true. You know, the worst part is uh, in my new glorious home that I absolutely adore and love. Um, I, I am, I can walk to school. Like I am about, you know, oh, really? 20 yard. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need to like, I have no, there's no McDonald's not even remotely on the way. Mm. Uh, so, so Thursdays are going to be tough. I don't know what I'm going to do. Can, can I tell you something? Uh, there's been a few people who have been, uh, they've been letting me know that they're concerned with my McDonald's intake and, mm-hmm. uh, and normally I would say, you know what, everything's fine. Like, I really, I eat pretty healthy. I don't, I usually just get a drink at McDonald's. But then I started, like, as soon as, maybe it's because it came up more and more, I started to order, like, a burger with my drinks. And uh, that's how they get you. They get it only a dollar all summer. And then you order a burger. And I'm not going to lie, dude, my stomach's been a wreck these last couple days. It's interrupting my sleep. So Bonker no burgers. He's a slave to the corporate <laughs> machine of capitalism. I know. Making its way to Canada. They're like, Doing come on over. Food. We got cheap drinks. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm kind of hungry too. So uh, shout out to uh, IBS uh, sufferers out there. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Very, very well. <laughs> very, very well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, irritable bowel syndromes aside, we indeed do have some <laughs> games to talk about. Uh I went back in and played Thank the you. second half of the Gears of uh, Gears Five Tech Test, and I found it to be extremely much, uh, extremely improved from its first weekend outing, which was wonderful. Really, uh, I jumped in and played some games with you on your birthday stream. Happy birthday to you, sir! It's a bit oh, late, thank you. But happy birthday. Halfway to seventy. Uh, and- and halfway to 70. You're right. You're right. Uh, and we got Bloodstained, World War Z. We're going to talk some Game Pass stuff. Let's begin, sir, with a game that you played on your birthday stream, World War Z. Tell me about it. Holy crap, dude. I wish somebody... Wait a minute. You. you don't need to tell me about it because <laughs> I told you I about wish, it. I wish somebody told me how good ago. this game is. <laughs> how much do you hate me right now? A little bit. Yeah, because I really enjoyed my time with this game. Uh, Luke has been telling me forever, just buy it. It's so much fun. It's Left 4 Dead uh, in the year 2019. It's based on a movie that nobody really seems to want a video game out of, but holy crap, man. I jumped right into this thing, and it just everything just fit like a glove. You know, the controls are exactly what I wanted them to be. The weapons all make sense. The objectives all make sense. It's team-based. It was so gratifying to jump in, lob a grenade into a, a horde of, I don't even know, a couple hundred zombies and just seeing bodies fly everywhere. I don't know if you knew this, Luke, but this is a good video game. It's a very good video game. <laughs> you I should play a it. Ghost Games update on this one. I know. And we I, we did have a great time on stream. We had a, had a great time. My great singing got you copyright uh, struck, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coolest part to me about World War Z, and we're going to go back to this conversation, is that the the way that they they created the horde, it looks like water running over rapids and in, in, in rocks in a river mm-hmm. because it just moves so quickly. And, I mean, you do not want for ammunition – 
but you you expel all that ammunition. I mean, this thing is crazy how many enemies it gets on screen. Well, and it's great level design too because of the way that the uh, the zombies sort of make their way into your into your vision. They they come through caverns and or they jump in through the holes in the ceiling or in the building up top. Like the way that they enter into the scene is always dramatic, and I think that's maybe understated. I think that's something that I really noticed right away was like I, I think Joe, our good friend Mr. Badbit, the host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players um he pointed out like you're gonna want to look in this stars? direction right five, four and a half stars um he was like you're gonna want to look in this direction because something's mm-hmm. something's about to go down and like there's it's almost like a set piece in this multiplayer um in this multiplayer game that i thought was really special man i want to and i only had like maybe an hour with it all said and done but i got it i got it from the library i am now i got my hands on time with it i played with friends so i had kind of like the absolute best experience like it worked it was smooth i was also anticipating because it is so similar to like left for dead like i'm playing the game thinking this thing's gonna start chugging in frames at any moment but it wasn't it was very smooth and we connected very quickly so thumbs up for world war z or Z as we say mm-hmm. we don't say that i'm just i'm i'm just so glad you discovered the game and jokes aside yeah, uh, this is a great game, and I would anybody out there. I think it's like it's well worth your time to go get because there's a well that you can go back to consistently and just have fun with. Uh, and I, I, I'm really high on it. Yeah, well, there's lots of uh, lots of progress bars I can go back to and, and kind of get hung up on and using. I like that it's rewarding me for using the guns that I like, and it kind of progresses along there. I guess it's are there uh, mods or something that I can do to my guns as I I play more with like an assault rifle or rocket launcher and things like that. Yep, you can level up different aspects of your character depending on your class or the weapon type. I mean, you get perks as you go. Uh, it, there's a lot to it, and I mean, I know I and many others have to, did used to do the thing back in like Left 4 Dead one and two days, where I mean, you would just you'd set dates to 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 go to all right, eight o'clock, guys, we're all gonna jump on, it. and you would just choose a campaign to go through. The same thing can be done with World War Z. I I loved that aspect of it. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna play it some more, man, for sure. Uh, another game that you dove into was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Sean, I watched you play. I was lurking in your stream while you played it. And this Were game, you? I was, absolutely. Oh, look uh, at your leisure, Luke. I do, and and I enjoy doing that. Lurking good, sir. Luke lore. Um, it's, uh, that, that makes it sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different, yeah, don't, mm. okay. Uh, but the truth is, I was watching you play this one, and I've seen many people stream bloodstained and before you you tell me about it but just my i can't tell if the game looks good or not i know right like it's confusing (laughs) it is a little bit confusing i think there's a lot going on and just to sort of set the stage i don't have a tremendous amount of history with the castlevania games like the of the metroidvania i've played a lot more of the metroid style types Mm -hmm. of games um not really familiar with the whip per se but what i think kind of the whip, whip it's a cool whip um, I really guess I guess I didn't really know much about this game going into it. I was surprised at, at almost every turn that that there's a female protagonist that I'm playing as the um, the variety in weapons that I came across in my first even hour of play um, really kind of surprised me. I, I thought I was going to be stuck with these kung fu boots, but as mm-hmm. I, I I began to gain new powers, uh, throwing flames out of my wrists like Spider Man, but on fire. Um, I could throw balls of water, which apparently are very damaging to these demon enemies. And um, I had a really challenging boss fight. So there was a lot going on. I was I ended up getting introduced to some crafting elements as well. But I had a really great time with it because um, I made my way pretty quickly to stumbling upon that first boss. And I was 
very underleveled. And I didn't realize that a big part of the game is is becoming more powerful through kind of grinding as you develop, uh, defeat enemies, getting um, experience points and leveling up, which is insanely satisfying, the little graphic and animation that happens when you level up. And so I began to realize that I held more control in my outcome than I realized at first. I just thought it was going to be balls hard. But I'm like, if I just go back to some of these areas and, and grind a little bit and kill some of these enemies over and over, they're going to drop items that I want. I'm going to become more powerful. And then I can go back and revisit um, that boss. So when I, when I did that, I had a great time because there was a noticeable difference pretty quickly, I would say, because I didn't spend a whole heck of a lot of time with it. So I had a lot kind of packed in in the couple hours that I was playing it. And um, I came, I walked away with it with a pretty good impression or a pretty positive opinion of the game. I think for sure there's some some issues with it. I feel like sometimes the controls, I feel like I'm fighting them. It's not like I've, I've really learned um, that mm. they're consistent in my dodging or my uh, directing my, my weapon or attack up, down, left, or right. It seems like it's not quite there. Um, and, the, and the frames kind of drop every once in a while. So I think it's all kind of related. I think the game kind of fights itself, and that puts me... I feel like it puts me at a disadvantage. It's, it's, it's priced higher than a traditional indie game, but not full price, right? Isn't it a $40 experience? I think... So. I got it from the library. So both of these games are library uh, titles, so take that for what you will. So I guess I in both of these instances, like price isn't really factoring in my enjoyment and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more high on these games because i didn't pay anything for them i just sort of mm-hmm. like waited for them to arrive at the library and i i really do like them so i can't really comment on should you forego another 40 dollars game for this one all i can say is i'm i'm enjoying it and i'm kind of new to the genre so it's a good time man all right the witness does have have you thought about bloodstained and like what you're going to do and what you want to do or is it just a game that like you turn on, forget about, and then you know you can go back to it. No, I thought about both of these games. They're very arcadey type of game and experiences with just a little bit more. Like it's not a huge heavy RPG, but it's got a little bit there that I can go back and grind and feel like I'm progressing. Um, I think in both cases for World War Z and and with this one, I am thinking about this game quite a bit. Um, and I was worried because, like I said, I don't have a huge attachment to Castlevania in the traditional sense, but this is. I kind of want to go back, man. I want to give it another shot for sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you saying that about Bloodstained. And you said you want to go back to Castlevania. Well, Xbox has been listening to your wishes, good sir. Really? Castlevania Lords of Shadows uh, is going to be part of the Games of Gold for August, as will Torchlight, which is a uh, 2D uh, isometric uh, Diablo clone uh, from the X- for the Xbox 360, as well as Gears of War 4 and Forza Motorsport 6. Sean, you and I often, uh, usually once a month, oddly enough, have the discussion <laughs> about whether or not Games with Gold is, is worthwhile, if it's something we want to look towards in the future. Some months are better than others by far. Uh, and this seems to be a very strong month with four very good titles. I totally agree. And and as you kind of go through, each one plays like a different role, I would say. Like the Forza, Forza Motorsport 6 of the Motors, Motorsport series uh, I, is my favorite. I liked it actually better than 7, similar to like I liked uh, Horizon 3 better than 4. Um, mm-hmm. It was It's a really strong game. I got my, my Toyota cars in there where Toyota was lost after that game. I think that was the last game with uh, my, my Celica. I think you guys say Toyota Celica? Luke, mm-hmm. yeah, we say, say Sil- we say Celica here. Uh, no so, way, is that yeah, a real? Th- it's serious? a real thing. We say Toyota Celica. Yeah, Whoa. just like, and you put decals on your car, and we put decals on our cars. Are you messing with me right I'm now? I'm not messing with you, man. We're like Celica. Like, okay, what do you do call the Solara? Oh, probably a Solara. Yeah, 
Oh, what is this? What other cars do we... How have we not had the car discussion on the Xbox Drive yet? Now, what I'm so fascinated by is like, is this a Sean and Luke thing? Am I wrong? I like, know, right? Is this like a, a Canada-USA thing? Is mm-hmm. it like a North-South? Like, what's, where, where's the line where it becomes Celica? I don't know. That's a good point. That's Maybe there's Whoa. a... I know. I, where is the line? Hmm. My parents used to be cool, and they had a Celica before oh, I was That's born. one of my favorite that, cars, dang. man. That, that has a lot to do with why I like six as much as I do. Uh, very, very solid game. Um, and really, I think so, I saw somebody comment that this is a really great month if you're brand new to Xbox, which it absolutely mm-hmm. is. Those are really very solid good. games with Gears 4 and with Forza. Um, those are, those are kind of like the hallmarks of the Xbox experience, to be honest with you. Um, Castlevania with a tried and true gameplay style for sure. And then a Diablo-like, um, also timely for Gears 4, getting people hyped for Gears 5, obviously. And Torch, Torchlight, am I getting that right? Torchlight, Torchlight is myself as I'm trying not to get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's another one coming up for Xbox later on in the year. There's a sequel coming out, I think in September or October. So... Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, we were looking at um, the upcoming fall. A lot of people were on stream last night were talking about how it's about to get nuts. And mm-hmm. uh, it's deeper than we thought, man, with even Torchlight getting a sequel. That's that's cool. I know. I thought there was Torchlight 2. Maybe it's Torchlight 3? It might be out somewhere else, too. And maybe mm-hmm. it's finally making its way over to Xbox. That might have been part of that conversation, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll look it up, though, because I know people look at the 360 title Torchlight uh, very, very fondly. Oh, good. Um, so that's that's a good sign. And uh, as far as uh, Gears of War 4, one, one of the things that I consistently have been talking about in the lead up to Gears 5 is that there's a plenty of things you can do uh, to unlock content for Gears 5. Mm-hmm. And one of them is just beat the Gears 4 campaign and you're going to get a number of unlocks for Gears 5. I love that they're making this so available. Uh, and I'm hoping that people don't skip over Gears 5 because after playing the second weekend of the tech test, and seeing just how much they were able to correct in, in, in their server issues uh, from the first weekend to the second, I am extremely excited for this, and I'm hoping people don't get sequelitis um, or just think of it as just another, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I think they're used to having to do. Forza and Gears are the great examples of that because they've all they've had is Forza and Gears, and, well, you know, they've been good games, but when it's not new, it doesn't feel new, or when it's not diversified in your portfolio, you can run that gauntlet of, of stale, yeah. And so I hope people give Gears 4 a shot. That's the Force Awakens of the franchise. You can you can enter there <laughs> without yeah. having to go back. Um, and it'll get you started. And I, I'm excited to see what comes of this down the line. Well, you and I often talk about games landing at a certain point in uh, in our in our timelines and what what other games are coming out. And um, like for Gears 4, like I look at now might be a better time for people to experience it than back when it was part of the greatest lineup in the Xbox history. Like, expectations were way different back then. And people were, mm-hmm. I feel like, tensions were higher then. Now we're kind of like, all right, we know how this console generation has played out. We know what games we got. Um, so maybe maybe some of the, uh, the, ten- the tangential stuff is gone away, and people can just enjoy these games for what they are. I feel like if you experience mm. Halo 5 now, you experience it totally differently than in the wake of all the articles and all the, the controversy, I say, with quotes in the air, but still holding on to my steering wheel. Um, I think Gears 4 mm-hmm. is similar. I think people, if they were to try it now, they might just be able to enjoy that game for what it is rather than what they needed it to be compared to a lineup coming over on the Sony uh, exclusive parties. You're so right. Tempered expectations allow for far more enjoyment. I mean, you can go back to a number of the, at the time, console exclusives or still console exclusives or whatever, however you'd like to look at it. You can go back and look at those and with with removed 
expectations of carrying a platform, you can have some fun with ReCore. You can have some fun with oh, yeah. Quantum Break or, or any other number, other numbers. You can just have genuine good old video game fun, and that's the whole reason they're there. They're not meant to, you know, carry a franchise and flagship everything. I mean, we saw great success, and congrats to PlayStation. I think they hit 100 million shipped. Yeah. Uh, sold can't be too far behind it. That's an incredible feat. Um, but at the same time, like, everybody's posting profits. It's a good time. To be a gamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know? what I love here with this being part of game, uh, it's already part of Game Pass, now it's Games with Gold, is this becomes something that just, it almost comes pre-installed. Like, it, it basically is, if you have an Xbox, you're going to have this game, or at least have access mm-hmm. to it, which is kind of like when you have Windows, and you have Internet Explorer and Minesweeper and Solitaire, like, kind of essential uh, experiences. That's something I always mm-hmm. wanted, uh, I think that should, I would want that on any platform, particularly like when I think about... Um, uh, like Nintendo, like you got, should you just have a Mario game on the system? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where yeah. I think Xbox is going with this. Well, you you made you don't remember this most likely, um, but you made an offhand comment when you and I first started podcasting together in the episode early forties or whatnot. We're on episode ninety nine right now, which is super cool. Wayne Gretzky, three D um, hockey. But, but you made a con comment way back when we first started together that. Xbox and Halo are synonymous, and every Xbox should have a Halo game yep. on it. I've always felt and that way. I, I and I remember you saying that, and I I don't know that I agree, but I know that they are very very close together. And in, it seems like kind of Gears made it there first because of all the issues with Halo and the Master Chief Collection and and whatnot. But but Gears is essentially pre-installed with every Xbox now. It's on everyone, every single one, all six are on Game Pass. The seventh will be on Game Pass because mm-hmm. you have the PC edition and the uh, Judgment. Um, they're all there. They're in games with gold. I mean, these are good games, and I and I think people do overlook them. But I hope that I hope people do enter in and check them out. Well, do you think we'll get a like a original trilogy remaster set or something like that, like anniversary editions or anything like that? I don't know. I believe, and I I know we had Ultimate Edition. But Gears Two, I believe, and Three, I believe, are both enhanced for X. Mm, and oh, that's right. Yeah, that'd be all we Yep, that's better. They kind of take that spot. And tell me this: I mean, do you think a Gears of War Two remaster would really sell units? Did the first one? When now that we have backward compatibility, like Rare Replay and and uh, goodness gracious, the Master Chief Collection allowed us to go back before we had backward compatibility. Yeah. Well, now we have backward compatibility. Do we need? that like are those the games that need it and i don't have an answer for you i just think that they delayed whatever need there was um and now that we have you know an xbox trying to get out uh, an exclusive roughly every three months according to matt booty uh will that how much of that portfolio is going to be remasters probably not as much as uh we we would think right away we'll see where scarlet takes us yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And I'm just really, you mentioned uh, Master Chief Collection. That's what I'm dr- trying to draw parity across. But you're right, like, things have totally changed. What an interesting, what an, like, within the generation, we saw that change where uh, a collection of remasters was was a part of that greatest lineup in, in Xbox history. To the end of the generation, we were like, we don't even need those anymore. We get our remasters for free. Like, mm-hmm. this is, we talked about what features does Xbox need to win out the next generation. Like, there are no more features these are all amazing. It's it's then about the games, man. I I think you're right, but I'm very curious to see where that goes. Yeah. I'm also curious to see what happens to games with gold down the line. This is something you and I we continue to pass this around with Game Pass Ultimate. 
you know, are games with gold still relevant? Are they yeah. still a thing? And will they need to be? And then I, I think back, games with gold happened in this generation. Remember when the yeah. last generation, uh, Xbox was modeled for a tablet for connected voice features, TV, TV, uh, emphasis, sports mm-hmm. emphasis, sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, no games with gold. It was, it was a very different uh, ship that was being steered uh, to what we have now. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a few years, man. When you think about it, like we we've been at this for a, for a while. A lot of different like Xbox One S and X has all come out. It's been it's been quite the journey. Um, but I I think about when thinking about uh, if if games with gold is going to stick around, if Game Pass is going to take over. Um, but then also thinking about Stadia and its offering, where they have they seem to be offering a a subscription where you. It, you get a game a month, give or take, I think they've said, and then you have something on top of that. So I'm wondering if there's a value or if it's worthwhile for Xbox to have things that are just, you have them just because it's familiar for gamers. Like at what point do you really take uh, the steering wheel and go off to the next to the next road and just go, we're not going to have the PlayStation Plus anymore. We're not going to have the Stadia subscription. We're going to maybe do a bit of a Nintendo move and just go, it's just Game Pass. Like, if you're on an Xbox or if you're on the Xbox uh, ecosystem, it's just Game Pass, and that's it. And I think the... Can't do it yet. The ultimate, Can't that's right. I, it's, a, it's a phased approach, for sure. And that's what I was going to say. Nintendo has, has clout with gamers more than I understand, even. And right. it does baffle <laughs> me sometimes. People are willing to pay the Switch tax uh, in a number of different cases. Um, and me included. Doom is a good example of that, you know, like... Uh, and I love my Switch, but I, I think the Nintendo has a different relationship with its fans. And I think Microsoft, it's all about messaging into this next gen. Mm-hmm. That They've got to package it well, and they can't be perceived as taking something away. Games with Gold can't be taken away, away from me as a gamer, versus additive value. Even if it's better for me, it's all about the way it's messaged. And so, yeah. you know, I have Game Pass Ultimate through 2022, you and I talked about at one point. Uh, and they kind of put that limit on the number of conversion rates. And I would say around that time is when we start to see that Games with Gold phased away and gone. Yeah. And it's just Xbox Game Pass or Xbox whatever they decide to call it. So know? it's just a matter of how long. Like, it, it's basically, it seems like it's yeah. on borrowed time at this point. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, 44 times over, uh, new additions are going to be hitting the service. Ashes Cricket, Pandemic, Downwell. Great shout out to Downwell. Love that game. Oh, Pandemic. Shout out to Pandemic. Have you played Pandemic? I have not played it. Oh, it's a, um, if, if I'm looking at this correctly, it's the board game. Uh, Pandemic is great, man. Uh, it's incredibly difficult and challenging, and I, I can't wait to play some of these board I have I see a bunch of these board games become digital, and I've, I haven't really jumped into many of them, so I can't wait for this one. So, all right, so we're gonna bring we're gonna go back to that in just a moment. Finish reading this list. No, 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 no. You you just I got a good, excited. Good spot. Uh, Jackbox Party Pack, Slay the Spire, Space Hulk Tactics, and Downwell. Uh, Space Hulk Tactics and Downwell are our PC, uh, and Slay the Spire. I heard, I've heard a number of people touting this one, and, and most recently uh, Jeff Canada was talking about it. And I I will give that due shout out in a moment. But Slay the Spire coming to console. That's a game I downloaded on Game Pass for PC. Uh, due to so much hype around it, I haven't touched it yet, but I'm told it's quite quite popular. And yet another good month for Game Pass. I just downloaded Resident Evil 4. Oh my gosh, dude! This is a I love the random uh, game selector on the PC version. I hope that's coming over to the uh, to the Xbox version as well because I I look at this and I don't know much about some of these games. I'm like, but I would 
just fire it up. Just like, let's see what these guys got going on. I love the well-rounded offering here in August. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily like, uh, that there's anything that you're like, holy crap, I better stop my car so I can jump over and play this yet. Um, But there might be a couple of hidden gems, which is always what I'm, what I'm down for. I might find my next favorite game there. Downwell is a hidden gem, and I would recommend mm. anybody check that game out. If you didn't get to play it on on uh, portable systems, which is, I think, where it would probably best fit, Downwell is a special and unique game. So give yeah. that one a shout. Jackbox is my shout-out for sure, the one that okay. I've actually played. Yeah, Jackbox Party Packs are great. You mentioned board games, and uh, I just bought uh, Catan. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Player One Podcast, talk about, uh, Chris Johnson talk about Catan a few weeks ago, and I really like that board game, but I don't have a lot of board games to play with. My wife and I are not super board game people, but I bought Catan and I bought Guess Who. <laughs> Very excited for it. We played Guess Who just before we started recording. We played like five rounds of it. It was quite fun. Classic game, man. Timeless. Just because. Um, yeah. You mentioned Jeff Kanata. Can we just, I can't believe we've gotten this far into the, sh- into the for show. For this transition. Yeah, yeah. I did do that for this. Dude, what the heck? I look one way and then I look back the other way and my friend Luke Lore is on a podcast with Jeff Kanata. Yes, I was very fortunate to uh, be invited onto DLC. Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer were kind enough to have me on their show this past week. Uh, and I, I must thank so many of our Xbox Drive listeners for reaching out and and helping me celebrate that because I did not announce that I was going on. You didn't even um, tell I me, I don't I, think. I'm like, did he did. tell me about no, this? No, I did. I absolutely uh, I'm did. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay, okay. I was worried because I was like, oh, okay. No, I, awesome. I, I did. It was it was a, a wonderful thing, and to see so many listeners reach out to Christian and Jeff and express their excitement was extremely heartwarming. And, and it's very difficult to cultivate positive communities in gaming sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like our listeners were just so uh, happy and kind about it, and it warmed my heart so much because to me, I was very nervous and I was very excited and. Um, I, I took it as a great honor and in a great year for the Xbox Drive for me, and and so to to get to do that was was really really cool. 2019 is kind of amazing, man. Like so many great things have happened, and the best part is I truly feel like um, like our community is celebrating right there with us. It's almost like like you guys are right beside us. So when these amazing things happen, these bucket list type of things happen, like. It's like we get to, we can still share them with friends. And that's the coolest thing, man. Like all because of this silly like podcast that we record. Like I'm driving in my car. I don't know if you realize this. This is so stupid, Luke. I'm in my car. And then all of a sudden this happens. That's the thing. Our silly hobby has brought us so many great things outside of playing the great games. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what though? Well-deserved on your part. I will interrupt to let you know that it was very well-deserved on your part. And you're the absolute perfect guest for that show um, man, you're, you're so smart and intellectual and articulate and you have a huge passion for games. So well-deserved, man. I just want to pump your tires a little bit because that's a huge deal. And I know that you won't make a big deal about it, but holy crap, I am just blown away. Uh, and it's been about a year since we started doing the show together, man. As we approach episode 100, we're, we're hitting a lot of milestones together, my friend. And it's been a special journey. You, I, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, yeah, I don't know how to respond. To I know. It, I yes. know. I just leave that with you and <laughs> walk it, away. It has been really cool. Though. Yeah. It has yeah, been man. about a year. That's, that's an awesome, awesome feeling. And again, I thank everybody that reached out because those are you guys, whenever you guys click like or, or, or interact with people on Twitter and, and, and express those positive, positive vibes, that means more than you realize. Others see that and it becomes infectious and, and that kindness is infectious. So I thank mm-hmm. you. Well, you killed uh, it, man. Sean, Great job. 
Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to get back to some some breaking news, perhaps the most important news of our show, Sean. Oh. As you're aware, Luke Lore is quite the fan of cookies. It's even in my bio. <laughs> oh, no. Cookie lover. And I have a problem. And that is that Gears of War, a franchise I love dearly, mm-hmm. somehow for some reason partnered with Gears, uh, with, with Chips of Hoy. Uh, and there's like Gears content that comes with packs of, of cookies. Come uh, on. Yeah, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> I, I will die. I will die if left to my own devices here. So here's my vow, all right? I had to promise this to my wife. You guys send me any extra cookie codes you get. Like if you don't need your gears codes, I'll use those. But I otherwise I'm gonna be going to Chips Ahoy and buying like tons and tons of them because I already do, <laughs> and like it'll be a problem. But I'm just, I'm so excited for this stupid promo, and I'm like, why? I'm like, oh, because I really have a cookie problem. They're so good. I know you really do, and that's why I'm laughing so hard because it's like this isn't even a joke. Like this is actually genuine, and I'm just picturing you rolling up to the grocery market and. Filling an entire shopping cart with just cookies, and I'd be right there with you, man. I love cookies too. Oh my god, this is this was a this was a uh, promotion made for us, my friend. And we're not like oh, legit. Gosh. We're not sponsored in any way. There's nothing coming our way. Like no nothing. This is hashtag not an ad. Uh, but dude, <laughs> give me those but cookies. Let me tell you something. Anybody <laughs> makes it an ad, I'm right there. I know. I will sell my soul for cookies. <laughs> It'll no. happen. I love it. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that. I love it. That's a good pull, I man. Know. Oh, I saw it and I was just like, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm it's in for me. Trouble. Yep. I love it. All right. So we've got a couple more things to talk about today. Halo Infinite had a secret message embedded in its 2019 E3 trailer by way of a, a QR code. And Sean, the reason this was so cool to me is, as you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a lore goof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the trailer contained <laughs> like dialogue that overlaps quite well with the trailer, but the, it was like the the dialogue that was removed from the trailer kind of thing. And it suggests that Cortana um, is aware of what's going on and kind of flabbergasted by what her, her an entity or portion of her did in, in the story of Halo 5. Now, everybody complains about Halo 5's story. This suggests that it might not be, while not retconning, it might give that story a bigger impact than initially it, it did. Uh, and I like that because... Those secret messages are fun. Like things like that are fun to chase. Dude, little, little yes. Little story nuggets are fun for people to do. I did it with Infamous Second Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, it, when it launched, I know people had this uh, "Where the Bees" thing with well, Halo. Even PT, long time ago. like as a as a PT, game. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it wasn't even like that. And the thing that surprises me about this Halo thing is that it took as long as it did for this to kind of come out. Like E3 was a bit ago, man. And uh, PT was a crazy journey that took gamers through. And people found the result of that puzzle pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to like why, why this one took so long, but I'm excited by the redemption story that has so much potential here. And for me, like I was a little bit worried with Cortana that like, because she's an AI kind of going insane, that mm-hmm. she becomes one dimensional but this mm-hmm. automatically means that that's not the case. That there's a bit of a there's an internal struggle, and holy crap, I that that alone, I've got nothing else to go on. But that alone gets me really excited for what what could happen in the next game. And that's that. I think that's the thing. The idea and the premise of Halo Five is that Cortana is rampant. She's past her her life cycle days, and she's going insane. She's losing mm-hmm. control of her faculties. The idea that it was apportioned off the AIs in Halo can section themselves off and go perform certain tasks. Yeah, that it could be a rogue portion of that and that she herself is not crazy 
or is not in, uh, in, in Rogue somewhere, or that they're making a new one, this is good because uh, even, even for nerds like me, many people identify Halo as the relationship between Master Chief, the player, and Cortana. Mm-hmm. And it seems like those three elements are needed for Halo to be successful. And so at the very least, it shows me that they recognize that, whatever that means for its future. Well, does it like allow for Halo 5 to almost play... Now, forgive the uh, comparison here, but like Halo 5 didn't exactly land on a... or end on a high note. You know what I mean? Like on mm-hmm. a positive note. It ended almost like Empire. I like was thinking the, the same thing. Like, I don't know yes. that too far, but might be. Well, <laughs> the comparison that Sean's making is that Empire Strikes Back. And yeah. I almost wonder... We, you don't know what the center of a trilogy means because right. you are left hanging... You don't know what it means until it has been concluded. And if you were to look at Empire Strikes Back by itself, one of the main characters is a puppet on an <laughs> island in the in a swamp that laughs and makes jokes. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. One of our favorite characters from that movie, Boba Fett. Nobody, he doesn't talk. Yeah. Like he has like almost no lines. But why do we love that movie? And it's the context that it exists in. Um, I wonder if you'll see that with other franchises and Halo included, Last Jedi. I don't know. Like the middle movie. Is, is determined by its ending. Infinity War changed at the end of Endgame. Dude, so, I feel out about Halo 2, to be honest with you. Like, I, I'm still waiting for somebody to really correct me on this, but I'll say it again. When Halo 2 came out, people were pissed that you played as Arbiter for, for the majority, or for half of the game. And mm-hmm. that kind of, I feel like that goes away after time because the, the third game finished the trilogy, as you mentioned. Yes. Now we look back very fondly on Halo 2. Uh, I don't know if I'm totally off base there, but I feel like people were not stoked about Halo 2 when it came out. I, I don't know myself. I know that Halo brand meant something more then. Yeah. Uh, but everybody seemed to hate Spartan Locke in, in Halo 5. And I wonder, I think that's more because the, the marketing lied to us. Yeah. Um, and because it was an unbalanced campaign, you didn't have Chief very much. Um, and so I think that's more the problem. Not that the character by by itself with was so bad. But uh, to, to bring it back to this secret message, I love that it was in there. I yep. love that they thought to put it in there, and I love that they are thinking about this in layers, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm. I, are we are we ramping up some hype for some real awesome Xbox games coming out, and like over the next year, I can't wait. Over, oh, Gamescom is coming up. We're going to learn a little bit more about the games coming out this year, and certainly over the course of the, uh, 2020. And uh, I just this is my favorite part about video games, just seeing it all kind of like all the pieces kind of come into place and line up and we can get hyped about it and we can just explore our love for these video games, and these franchises, dude, this is this is good stuff. This is why we do this show. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that we can help others and ourselves to avoid thinking of of the next game as just more Halo, just more Gears, just more Forza, what have it, what have you. But the the future is so bright in that Mm -hmm. we see you know, Ori's coming out. We see uh, Obsidian's Outer Worlds is coming. And then soon, later on, it's going to be hitting Nintendo Switch That's as well. That's crazy, dude. It's, it's, it's such a cool thing to think mm-hmm. that their goal with Xbox Game Studios is to have an exclusive every three months. Whatever that means. That means that somewhere in the year, you should get one or two exclusives that are for you, hopefully. Um, but I, I'm just very positive and, and uplifted by this conversation because it... It can be a little downtrodden when you're, quote, or, or the, the mindset is you're not winning the generation, whatever that means, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing more and more people tell us, like, I just got Game Pass. Like, what should I play first? Like, we get that almost on a daily basis. And that is, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that to discourage anybody from from letting us so know. We want to hear that, guys. You sign up for Game Pass, you hit us up. You let us know that you're jumping into the Xbox ecosystem, man. That that lifts me up like nobody's business. I love hearing people bought their first Xbox after listening to this show. And they, they're encouraged by this. And Game Pass is a good deal because we agree, man. We're all in this together. And I love it. Heck yeah. Try Resident Evil 4 if you haven't done it. Oh Dive my god, into yes. Series. ReCore is not a bad game. Try that. Agreed. Time Spinner, something on Game Pass PC, I've, I've got downloaded, I need to play it. Uh, there's so much there. So yeah, much man. there. I mentioned the Outer Worlds briefly. Uh, Obsidian's game uh, is coming to Nintendo Switch sometime after its release. And Sean, my, my thought process, my question that, that kind of revolves in my mind is, do we think that there's any chance of any type of cross-progression coming in any combination of the systems. Like you play on Xbox and you can carry that progress to Switch, or you play on PC and you can take it to to Switch. And then my follow-up question to that, Sean, is how in control of this property do you think Microsoft is, given that it was, you know, under previous um, commitments with Obsidian and Private Division uh, to its fan in two different platforms. Oh, man. I, it's it's curious. I feel like probably very little, but you got to wonder if the injection of funds from the from the acquisition might have allowed them to set aside some resources to get this over to Switch. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. necessarily that they were the ones to say, get this game over onto Switch, but maybe there was mm-hmm. an opportunity presented itself when that acquisition happened. I have no idea. I feel like that's probably... It wasn't that long ago that this happened, so... Who knows, man? But I'd be very. This is why I love those behind the scenes on, um, really, even on anything, like how movies were made, the stories behind songs, and uh, with Jason Schreier's book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. I love hearing how all this kind of stuff, how it came together. And sometimes you're surprised that the monumental effort it took, and sometimes you're surprised with like the set of circumstances that presented themselves um, to allow certain things to happen. So I'd be very interested to see that uh, from a technical standpoint. I'm just totally bewildered like how is this even possible and it i feel like it's the final shot over to the fallout team that hey man you guys can't get fallout 76 or fallout 4 onto switch but we've got this the spiritual successor in a way to new vegas coming over Mm -hmm. onto switch so it's they're able to do a lot of things that people are asking the bethesda crew to do and i can't help but read into that as much as i am okay so so second or second of three uh, cross progression? Do you see any chance of it? I don't think so, man. That I don't know. I, not not in the near future. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I feel like I'm rambling a bit here, but not until certainly that that Xbox Live piece is connecting across platforms. Because uh, I can't see um, I can't see the studio doing it. That see, that's I don't think it's going to happen. Ever? I think it should happen. Mm. Uh, no, I think it's a possibility, but it depends on how far out that switch port is. You know, sometime after the other platforms, we've seen that that be the wording because of marketing deals like inside. Yeah. Remember, they said it's only on Xbox. And then, yeah. like, you know, pretty soon after there, there it showed up. Same with, you know, in the reverse direction for Hellblade. Um, but with this, I think it that missing piece is Xbox Live. And I just don't know how fast Nintendo is trying to get there. Agreed. Um, I think X Cloud is the answer, really. It's, it's closer to X Cloud. Yeah. That brings up our next question from the Winter Gamer himself. Uh, he says, with the buzz around the Outer Worlds becoming available on Switch, should Xbox try to grab the excitement for Project xCloud now, or should they wait till they can actually have people get xCloud uh, in people's hands and let them spread the word of xCloud? Now, I think what he means by that is, should they be talking about a Switch port or the, the service xCloud more? 
I think it's going to be xCloud is going to be an interesting journey to to cultivate that. It's going to be a behavior shift to get people to go. I want to actually play games on my phone. Um, aside from the the latency issues and everything else that we're seeing with it, it's just going to have to be redirecting us to go. I want to play this game on my phone. So it's. I think it takes more than that. Like the thing that the reason that it clicks so easily for Switch is because people have had it for a couple of years now. They know what they can expect and they've they've sort of built playing on their Switch as part of their day-to-day routine. I don't think that a lot of people have done that with with games or on uh, mobile games, at least games of this style. So to be mm-hmm. I think it takes a little bit more. I think it's going to take a little longer than just this game available here, go play it. And it's I don't think it clicks into place quite that quickly. We're going to have to mosey on over to mobile. Agreed. Gamers do not like to be rushed. That no. has been very evident multiple times over from a number of different platforms. Yeah. Um, and plus, I don't know if you saw the. It was clipped out and memed a bit too a bit too much for my liking. But Phil Spencer w- was in an interview and uh, discussing XCloud and suggesting that it's just not ready to be shipped, you know, t- to customers as a final product. Um, the technology is incredible. I know you went hands on with it at E3. But I like that idea that, hey, it's not ready. I'm not going to ship this because it's not ready. It's it's a sign that uh, they're working in a new direction and not rushing. And they they may not feel rushed by Google either. I that, I think that's because of the confidence in the in their ability to deliver to deliver in relation to the competition. Now, that might be a little fanboyish, but I, mm-hmm. I think there if there was really like it's a brand new market potentially. It could be it's potentially a game changer. So you would mm-hmm. think maybe they might be really incentivized to get there first. But maybe they're seeing something or maybe they're in their own ability or maybe they're seeing something in the messaging from Stadia that they go, mm, we can hold off on this a little bit. We don't have to rush it out for no good reason. And it's a very good point. Very good point. I had not thought about the Google part in that, that context. It's a totally uh, it's a different platform, it seems. Like it's, it's, a different, it's, not, it's console, mobile, and then streaming. I guess PC. Yeah. And I just have so many questions about how Stadia will be received and how that impacts Microsoft and their approach to consoles, to clouds, to their their infrastructure. But it seems like the primary motivator for Xbox, more than any other uh, one first party, is their primary motivator is Game Pass. They want to have content for Game Pass consistently. They want it to be a, a, a healthy catalog, and they want that to drive their business model more than anything else. That more than a plastic box, more than a cloud service, they want Game Pass to be the, the centerpiece versus uh, any other primary focus, not beating Nintendo, not beating Google, not beating mm-hmm. Sony, what have you. Well, and I agree. I agree with all those points. But the other, the other side of things, too, is if as long as Xbox is able to, on the Project xCloud side of things, if, as long as they're able to not lose or be condemned within the court of public opinion, then they will, I feel like they'll just automatically win if they just kind of play their card straight. And so what I mean by this is one of the best things to happen to the uh, rollout of the Xbox One X was the PlayStation 4 Pro. I feel like uh, PS4 Pro, the launch of that was really it wasn't messaged very well. It didn't connect with gamers. And then um, Xbox One X came in and trounced that. Similar mm-hmm. PS4 uh, launched at the beginning because Xbox One faltered so badly. I think that sometimes this... price and technical prowess. Yeah. I mean, everybody was talking about 900p. And it that is embarrassing when you spend 500... When you spend more money and your competitor is cheaper and better. Yeah. That... That's embarrassing. So if you have a competitor going like just just faltering, which I believe the the public opinion on Stadia is that it's not doing so great that people aren't really hyped about it. So whatever's next to it just comparatively looks better, if that makes sense. So I think that 
they that that Xbox stands in a really good place because Google's stumbling and they can be that confident kind of quiet right now they have that quiet confidence to just go this is what you want and it's all familiar for you exactly the same way that ps4 did that this is how you share games um xbox can go well you already have all the games so Mm -hmm. i don't know if that all makes sense but i think it's all about a game of relativity when especially Mm -hmm. when introducing something new people are going to go maybe with what's familiar and not as bad as the next guy and i think price is going to have a lot to do with that and uh i I think it's going to be a discussion we have at some point, uh, but the, the tariff situation, the p- political landscape oh of God, actual yeah. very real taxes is impacting what the future pricing of consoles could be. So much so that Sony has made a statement, so much so that Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft all uh, wrote and publicly signed a letter about it. And so I think coming down the way, you and I are going to likely have to have a, a conversation about how pricing and tariffs have impacted uh, the console's future. And we'll likely do that right around the reveal of just how much that box is going to cost. That's crazy. Uh, what are the chances that those things land at this time? And I'm also curious, too, if anybody in Canada happens to know if those tariffs mean anything for us. Like, do the systems go into the U.S. and they get shipped to us and we get dinged with the tariffs as well? I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. It'd be really yeah, interesting to see if, if Canada ends up on the up and up on this for once. We, yeah. You're, our exchange you're, rate sucks. It does right now, but didn't a few years ago it benefit you? Yeah, for sure. So who knows? It, it all goes back and forth. So it's it's interesting to watch. But yeah, we'll see. It's, I, the the more connected you and I are, and um, by way of the internet and digital stuff, the, it, it's interesting to see how that affects us. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't gift you a game a few months ago. Remember that? Like that. Which I, and I go that? back to that. I'm like, oh, was that World War Z? Wars. Oh yeah, it was World War Z. It's because it, it, it wasn't about the currency. It was thing. Canadians didn't know what World War Z was. We were looking for World War Z. It was a different game, gotcha. different skew. That makes- Perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Perfect sense. There you go. Um, guys, we can't. Let me just tell you right now, you're about a month away from Years Pop, the mobile game. Calm oh it my. down. Everyone. Yeah, let's take it easy, guys. Calm we get it. You're it excited. <laughs> Jeez. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, preload it for sure, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us, Sean. Unless you have any pressing things, I would love to tell you where you can find me. Uh, please tell me. I have no idea. You guys can find me over on Mixer at Mixer.com slash ghost. I've been just having a good time this summer streaming, not really on a set schedule. And, and thank you so much to those of you who have followed and, and come out. I'm creeping in on 600, Sean, which is pretty Damn. cool. Um, but uh, but what matters more about that is when I do stream, people people come in and say hello, whether they can stay for five minutes or, or for an hour. That means a lot. Uh, and then, of course, you guys can find me over on Twitter at MLS Reserves. And currently up there for my Ghost Games update, it's it's about Gears. I know you're surprised. Uh, but but uh, I love when you guys you know respond to those. It means a lot. Thank you. Uh, and you can find me Sean, over on where Twitter. Where can I find you? Oh, I'm sorry. You can find me over on Twitter at, uh, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri on Tuesday and Thursday nights. I've been, yeah, I've been pretty consistent with that, Mr. Luke Lore. It's You've been, been pretty doing good, a man. Good job, and because I've been on vacation, I've been able to lurk at my leisure and watch. Yeah, uh, I'm scared to, because soon I won't be able to watch the, you stream. I'm so sorry. Uh, as a, as we grind to a halt here, uh, where our internet connections are are suffering a, a touch. But what I'm going to do is talk to our good friend, Mr. Badbit, and come up with a bit of a voice for lurking Luke Lore. I can't wait for that. But the other reason I bring up Mr. Badbit is because on Twitch.tv slash Sean Capri, uh, I will be a special guest judge 
for the place uh, the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players it'll, it'll host live at twitch.tv slash sean capri on thursday night at 10 30 p.m eastern standard time and they will be choosing the best games on ps4 kyle stevenson and mr babbitt making a case for their favorite games and i will be the judge jury and executioner i don't know how i got this role but i'm stoked about it and you guys can look forward to that in case you're listening to this best today it's happening Best or favorite? Which I don't know. You I don't know. I didn't okay. really read the notes. I don't just, know. Just I'm just showing. We're, we're gamers. Just because we're gamers. What's your favorite PS4 exclusive? Mm, I got a, Somebody was making a special shout out for Until Dawn. I think that's a maybe an outside of the box thought. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I love me some Uncharted Four. I think I think I'm gonna go with Uncharted Four. I'd it's go with Spider Man. Oh, Spidey's good too. I don't know, man. It There's so many. That, that There's so many. <laughs> All right. Favorite Xbox exclusive. Last thing. Last thing. I think it's Forza 6, actually. Forza Motorsport oh, cool. 6 might be the one. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Very nice. That's just like right off the top of my head, man. Hey, there you go. That's probably more telling than anything else. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Xbox Drive. Sean, this is where we say...